Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, March 28th edition of the Basement Academy. Let's get going with our morning psalm. And this is Psalm 148, calling us to praise God from the heavens, all of the heavenly creatures, and from the earth. And so let's offer our praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. He has raised up for His people a horn, the praise of all His saints, of Israel, the people close to His heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so let us join our lives and our voices uh, in praise to God with all creation, with all creation today. Okay, I now want to talk about weddings. And um, golly, I have such an ambivalent uh, experience with, with weddings. Um, th this side of the pastoral work is probably the most interesting, complex, ambivalent Okay, you know, talked about all these other realities, but you know, when I started out, I had no idea what I was in for uh, with uh, with the weddings. Um, you know, the first the first few years of pastoral ministry I had a, a wedding or three, not many. It was a small town in in Kansas, right? And so, just not many opportunities uh, in the in the small church that I was serving. But I had to figure everything out premarital work, how many sessions, what do you talk about, what's the content. Seminary touches on a little bit of that, but they don't prepare you for the real thing. You've got to plan the ceremony. Um, what do you allow? What do you not allow? Flash photography, a dog to be the ring bearer, what kind of songs and readings, etc. Um, learning how to conduct the rehearsal the day before, the wedding day. I mean, the ceremony, but then the wedding day, just the logistics opening up and, you know, all the nerves, not just my nerves, because I, I get nerves on wedding day. I want it to go well, but the nerves of the family, of the bride. What do you do when the groom's uh, mom doesn't show? I don't know. I, you got to figure those things out because that happens, people. That happens. It has happened to me. Oh, the stories I could tell you. <laughs> And so whatever can go wrong on wedding day, I've seen a bunch of it, you know, maybe I haven't seen it all, but um, I've seen wedding cakes get spilled on the floor 
being transferred from the from the van to the reception. I've seen the wedding cake go down. <laughs> I've uh, been there ready to walk out and the uh, groomsmen forgot the rings. I've been there with couples who want to write their own vows. I don't encourage it, but when couples write their own vows and then finding out with the, you know, uh, main place, uh, the, the, the dressing room, you know, 500 yards away that they forgot them in the dressing room, literally as we're lying. So I, 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 story after story after story, who prepares you for all that stuff, right? On the whole, uh, weddings are a very positive experience. The, the opportunity to work with young couples, to be part of their story, their special day, um, to work with them, to encourage faith and hope and love, help them to hopefully build a solid foundation um, on, on Christ. Um, but it was a few weddings in that first church in Halstead, Kansas, that I had occasion to uh, uh, ask a, a mentor of mine, uh, Dick Gorham, who, who was uh, part of the church where Krista and I were married. I was about 45 minutes from there. So I got together with Dick and Dick, think me through wedding stuff, you know, this situation, that situation. And he laughed and he said, Don, I would rather have 10 funerals for every one wedding. I didn't get it at the time. I get it now. I did not get it at the time. I was like, Dick, come on, you know, who wants to do funerals? Those are sad and there's grief and there's loss and, you know, weddings are happy, joyful things. I get it now. You know, once upon a time, for those of us who've been at this for a while, right? So I'm in, in, in my 60s. We were married in the 80s, 1986. Um, once upon a time, you fell in love, you courted, you asked the parents uh, for uh, the bride's hand in marriage, you got engaged, you made plans with the preacher, you, 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 you did the process, you don't set the date and the reception and all that stuff until you've secured the conversation, the reality with the preacher. Um, you do the premarital uh, counseling sessions, you have the wedding, you have a modest reception. We had ours in the fellowship hall you spend a few thousand dollars and you head off into your life because it's about the marriage, not the wedding. The wedding's important, but it's about the marriage. It's about the covenant. It's about the sacred relationship of being husband and wife. That is once upon a time. That's now like a fairy tale. That, that, that world does not exist, okay? I'm just telling you all. Very few people get married in the church anymore. It's wineries, it's barns, it's special venues and things like that. Of course, I get, you know, I get invited to, to do many of these. Most couples are living together because the culture now controls the narrative around weddings. The wedding is now no longer about the sacred covenant between man and woman. It is now an event to be planned. And oh, by the way, there's a lot of stuff you gotta have and you gotta pay us to get all that stuff for you and to coordinate and to plan that. Average wedding in America, I think I've looked up somewhere in the $29,000, $30,000 range for a weekend event, a Friday night, Saturday. Really, it's a Saturday party, right? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. But the, the culture now drives the... Um, drives the, the wedding. It's a wedding industry. Uh, you don't 
you know, if you have just want flowers, uh, oh, those are wedding flowers. They're three times as expensive. You could go to Wegmans and get some flowers and arrange them and do the thing, you know, for, you know, 50 bucks. Wedding flowers, thousands of, of dollars. And so the culture now has these, you know, say yes to the dress and the married at first sight, all these reality shows. Um, obviously, marriage is no longer man and woman in, our, in the culture. You know, it could be two men, it could be two women or other uh, kinds of arrangements. A am I suggesting that we shouldn't celebrate and make a big deal of it? Of course we should. Of course we should. But today the culture does not advance anything around the covenant of marriage between man and woman sacredly entered into before God and a company of witnesses. The, the, the culture does not care about this. The culture cares about the dress and the tuxedo and the catering and the photographer and the, and the DJ and the venue and the social media aspect of it. So you have to have engagement pictures that cost a bundle. You have to send out a save the date card that costs a bundle. You have to go on a bachelor party and a bachelorette party to some exotic place which costs a bundle. Um, you have to secure a venue that's gonna have all the right pictures. Uh, a lot of weddings are done like, you know, kind of in that 4.30, 5.30 time range So because it's all about the pictures. We gotta get those pictures at the golden hour, right? And so the pictures usually take about three times as long as the wedding does. Wedding's about 30 minutes. The pictures will take an hour and a half, but that's okay because you've got a very elaborately planned party with hors d'oeuvres and open bar, you know, for lots of alcohol is, is served at, at weddings. Um, and, 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 and. And the pastor is now a vendor. Um, we're a, I'm a service provider just like the photographer, like the caterer, like the DJ, like the wedding planner, like the florist, like the, the venue, you know, and the venue coordinator. Once upon a time, when I started out, couples would meet with me during office hours. They would take time off of work to go, like you go take time off work to go to the doctor's office. You don't meet with a doctor at seven o'clock at night. You don't meet with a doctor at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. You. You, you go to the dentist when the dentist is in session and you take a, a couple hours of leave to go do it. Not anymore. Now you can say, well, Don, you could insist on that. I try people. I'm telling you, I try. Say, oh, you know, we've got a job. We just, and, and so that's part of the ambivalence. And so I bend my schedule, you know, to, to meet with the, with the couple. Um, and so the, the pastor is, you know, somewhat of, of a vendor um, the premarital, I typically do four sessions. Give me your background. Give me your story. Um, we talk about the vows. We talk about uh, communication, conflict. Uh, we, we talk about the purpose of marriage and the meaning of marriage. And in these sessions, we weave, um, you know, planning the ceremony, etc. Sometimes I meet more often with couples, just as the occasion will, will uh, warrant. But, you know, I think I'm working with three couples right now. So that's, you know, a dozen uh, uh, um, premarital sessions. Um, I've had some summer, some years where I've had up to a dozen weddings. So now I've got 140, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I was doing 12 times 12. I, I've got, I've got 50-ish premarital pre counseling sessions to figure out, again, not during office hours, mostly after hours. 
Then there's the wedding day itself. And so I mean, the wedding weekend. So I've got the, the rehearsal the evening before, which is a, you know, it only takes an hour to do, but you got about a three hour event on the front end, back end. When there's a venue that's not the church, I know, I know where everybody stands and where they come from and where they dress and where they walk down in the church. But at the barn, at the winery, I don't know any of that stuff. So I've got to go out early and I've got to figure that out because guess what? I'm the choreographer. Because what I've learned is wedding coordinators aren't coordinating wedding, they're coordinating the reception. They're, they're not coordinating the wedding. I'm coordinating the wedding. So they hand it over to me. Well, where does the mother come from? Well, where do you want the mother to come from? Wherever the mother's supposed to come from, because I don't know this venue. Well, well, we could do it here, do it there. Ah, and I'm trying to make decisions, but that stuff's important because when the event happens, you don't want something to go wrong, right? <laughs> then the wedding day itself. And so, you know, for every wedding, I lose my Friday, I lose my Saturday, you know, and then I've still got to preach on Sunday. Oh, did I mention that Sundays come every week? <laughs> And so you can sense the ambivalence in my voice, right? Some of the, uh, of the tension. Um, the, what, what's ironic about it, um, the, there's a lot of money spent at weddings and very little of it is on the pastors or the venue. We don't charge at, at Greenwich for the use of the sanctuary. You have to be connected to the church family and then the sanctuary is, or the chapel is for you. Um, and, you know, payment is awkward. You know, I don't have contracts. Years ago when this was, you know, um, when I was the only pastor, um, and Eric doesn't do weddings. Uh, he, he does, he, he does not, um, he's not certified by the state. So there would have to be another officiant to, to officially uh, witness the, um, the, the license, right? I'm authorized to do that. Eric has chosen not to be. So I get most of the weddings. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's just, there, there's some awkwardness around payment and the like, and I just don't, force that we tried to put a policy in place and somebody from the church whose granddaughter was getting married objected it was something like five hundred dollars suggested wasn't even required suggested honorarium for the pastor and there was a a bit of a fuss made by the sweet dedicated lovely member of the church whose granddaughter was going to get married and i just said i'm just not going to fight people and so so basically you know mostly do do all this work for free um, and that, that's a, that's a piece of the ambivalence cause it's a lot of work. Um, the, the, the thing that, that I try to stress with couples is don't, don't focus on the wedding day. The wedding event is to the marriage as the due date is to the child bearing and the child raising. I probably didn't say that well, but you know, when a young couple gets pregnant, everything becomes about the due date. When are you due? June 4th. Oh, great. You know, how's it going? Oh, okay. They've, they've changed it to June 3rd. Okay, great. You know, so everything's about the due date, the due date, the due date. Friends, that baby's going to come whenever that baby's going to come. And you're going to have to take that baby home from the hospital. And you're going to have to raise that child for the rest of their life. 
the focus should be on the parenting and the rearing and the raising and the discipline and the care and all that's involved with that. But young couples fall into the trap of it's about getting the nursery ready and the colors and the crib and, you know, and so the same with the wedding. The wedding is to the marriage as the due date is to the birth of the child and the, the, the raising of the child. It's the marriage is what I care about. I don't care about the wedding ceremony. So I tell every couple, I will more than gladly meet you at the chapel and you can effectively elope and save $29,000. Nobody's taken me up on it. I wish they would. Um, but I say, all I need is you and the vows. Don't even need witnesses in Virginia. I can, I can be the witness. And so, but couples fall, have fallen into the trap of the event. Now, the events are great and I've participated in some fantastic events. And so don't get me wrong. That, that's again, they're po on the whole positive. But the, the, the reality is... Um, our culture has lost its way on marriage. Marriage is intended by God to tell a story or really to tell three stories, kind of three stories in one. Marriage between man and woman tells the creation story. That couple standing up there wherever it is, at the barn, at the winery, you know, in the backyard or at the church, that couple standing up is representing Adam and Eve all over again. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and the two shall become one. <laughs> and so at creation, we read that in Genesis, right? Jesus restates that. So when people say Jesus never spoke about issues of same-sex marriage, absolutely he did. In the beginning, God made the male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be, and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Jesus absolutely spoke on the issue of same-sex marriage calling out the creation story. So, so the man and woman is Adam and Eve all over again telling the creation story. They retell the covenant story between God and Israel, God entering into a covenant with his people Israel, and God portrays himself and the prophets as their husband. They are the bride, he is the husband, and they've entered into a covenant relationship, a binding set of promises and obligations and commitments. And so the the man and woman are retelling the covenant story as they make their promises again, right? As they make their covenant. And then finally, we know uh, the man and woman are telling the salvation story. The groom represents Christ. The bride represents the church. Husbands, lay down your lives for your wives as Christ did for the church. And so we talk about that. The responsibility of the husband to be as Christ to the wife. And then the honor and respect and submission is as the church is unto Christ. But who would not want to honor someone who's laying down their life? Of course. And so, and so the man and woman are retelling the creation story, the covenant story, and the salvation story. So this is why, from a biblical standpoint, in, in the, the larger arc of the story, why I cannot support same-sex marriage. I get it. Our society says absolutely that's a marriage. And okay, well, that's, we have a secular society that's lost its way and has kind of divorced itself from any sense of being a, a representative of God on earth. You know, all authorities are, are placed there by God, but, but the authorities of the you know, United States government have departed from that sense of uh, divine uh, ordinance. And so 
Um, I'm not against same-sex individuals. I just, I don't see it in the scripture, okay? That, that uh, uh, two men, two women can't, can't tell the story. And so the, all these weddings have helped me to see, you know, this. Um, but so, so, so I guess I'll, I'll wrap this up. I have a real ambivalent experience with weddings. Some of it's just practical, just the time involved that I don't ever get back, you know? And so I try to see that as best I can as an investment with couples, but I'm fighting against the culture. I, I've got an article here I almost read for you. This is uh, from back in 2013, a, a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor up in New Jersey. The day I quit the marriage industry. And he goes through all the stuff I'm talking about. And I saw this, I said, yes, <laughs> yes, I agree with you 100%. I just haven't quit it yet, you know? And so um, I may, uh, I, I'm probably more of an advocate of the European model. In the, in the European model, marriage is 100% regulated by the, the state and ministers don't do that. You just go to the courthouse, you sign your papers, you, you get sworn in, so to speak. You are now married. If you want a religious ceremony, then you go to the church and you enter into that covenant relationship before God. But in the eyes of the state, you are legally married. I think the United States will eventually get there. I think all the forces are going to move into that separation of church and state. But And I should probably conscientiously step down because I am representing the state at that moment. And so I'm, I'm, I'm signing the license as an authorized uh, uh, agent in some way uh, of the state. Um, and, and so I, I'm kind of, an, I think I'm increasingly in favor of that model. Hey, go to the courthouse, get married, get legal, and then let's plan the covenant ceremony. Um, and let's make sure we include, you know, what it means to be married uh, before the Lord. So anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, pray for me, pray for these young couples. They're up against it and pray for their families who often are funding that $30,000 event. And uh, it's just so unnecessary. It's just so unnecessary. And so pray that there be some sanity restored uh, to the whole process. Okay. Well, tomorrow, we're going to talk about funerals. Let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for the hope we find uh, in the Gospels. Uh, that we don't follow the world, we follow uh, the truth, we follow the Gospel, we follow you. And so I pray for these young couples, pray for myself and all fellow pastors as we navigate the craziness of, of weddings in a, in a culture that has lost its way. And so, Lord, help us at Greenwich, help me and Eric to, to represent the, the truth and the faith uh, faithfully uh, as we try to prepare couples uh, for a lives um, that are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God bless you. May God bless your home. May God bless your children if you have them and your grandchildren. And may God do this this day 
and forevermore. Amen.